Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Leader in Red hosted by myself, Natalie Hansford. Today I actually have another guest. This is my second episode with a guest and it is my mom. Her name is Janelle Bourgeois and she is sitting here right beside me and this is her first time on a podcast. So if you have any judgments, then there's the door. See you later. Don't want that here. But again, it's her first time on a podcast. So we're going to welcome her with big arms. And I have a couple questions for her. I thought it was a great idea to ask her a lot of questions regarding the generations in the workplace. And we always talk about how the generations have changed throughout the years. But it's really great to see different perspectives on that, especially for people that have seen the generations in the workplace. Because, of course, I've studied it in school. But I'm just looking at textbooks. I'm not actually dealing with the situations and have seen the change. And maybe we're talking about change that hasn't even happened. So a lot of the times you're kind of anticipating change before it happens. So what better to hear it from herself, Janelle Bourgeois. So mom, why don't you start off by saying hello and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi everyone, I'm Janelle Bourgeois. I'm Natalie's uh, mom and I'm 56 years old, hoping... It probably nine years from now retire, but the sooner the better. Um, anyways, I'm here to answer any of Natalie's questions and hope I can help. Awesome. Okay, so I do have a couple questions here for you. And my first one is, what did you want to be when you grew up when you were younger? And if you had an idea, let us know. And maybe that changed throughout the years. What was your experience with that? Well, first of all, um, I really liked sports when I was in school, um, but I wasn't very much into school itself. I worked really hard, studied hard. I did graduate with honors, but at that time I had no idea what I wanted to do, especially in elementary. Uh, Once I got into high school, I loved math. I took every single math I could take. I loved it so much. Uh, I still had no idea what I wanted to do, but all my math teachers told me, Janelle, you love math. You gotta get into computers. Cause at that time, computers were just starting, you know, to take off and nobody had them at home. And, uh, you know, they thought your mind works that way. So it's best if you tried to go that in that field. So that's what I did. I uh, went to Seneca College for three years and took my uh, computer programming analysis and uh, worked really hard and um, yeah that's how I started out. Now when you were in school did you have any computers in your classrooms or like the library or did you were you exposed to computers very much? I was not exposed to any computers. So when you went to school, you had no idea what you were getting yourself into. I had no (laughs) idea. And uh, looking back, yeah, it was great at first, but I got a little bored afterwards. How long was the program? Program was three years. Like the program itself was good, Um, mainly because I was in sports too at the time at college. So it made it that much funner. But Mm -hmm. um, I did um, graduate and got honors. So... And looking back, there was like maybe a hundred kids that went into the course. There was mostly 80% male 
and 20% female. And I think there was only six of us girls that graduated and maybe 30 guys that graduated. It was crazy. So it was obviously a very challenging course. Very. Wow. And how did you feel about the dynamic dynamic in the classroom? Like, was it interesting or what was the day-to-day? The day-to-day was, you know, tedious, but I did enjoy lab work. And we didn't have computers, so we had to make time <laughs> in the lab and wait in line. Um, did it after my sports, like played volleyball, so I had to go back to the school and go into the lab and actually do the work. So it right. was challenging, but um, it was fulfilling afterwards when I finally completed it. And what age were you when you completed it? I was uh, 21 when I finished school. Um, so I guess this brings me to my next question is what age were you when you started working and what was your first job? Well, I, when I graduated, like everybody else when they're younger, where am I going to go? Mm-hmm. Um, I applied to quite a few places and um, I actually didn't get a job right away. Probably for the first six months I worked in insurance business. I got my uh, insurance license and worked there for six months at my uh, brother-in-law's agency. And um, then I applied. I didn't really like it at all. Um, (laughs) Then I applied to Ford Motor Company was um, one of my lists that I really wanted to get into. And uh, so I applied in there. I had an uncle in there, and that's probably why I got the interview. Um, but I did get in there, and it was a great job to, to work at. Nice. Um, and what age were you when you got the insurance gig? Uh, 22. 22, so the, right then, out of college, basically. Yeah. And then probably, you know, six months later, I got into Ford and right. moved to Oakville on my own and started there. Right. And what was the environment at the Ford Motors that you were at? Well, the first job I had at Ford... I worked into uh, uh, coding and um, they mounted magnetic tapes back then. Uh, there was card readers. Um, I worked, that all the reports were in this one area and I was mostly loading paper and it wasn't my ultimate job, but it was a stepping stone into getting into Ford. Um, so I did that probably for the first year I worked shift work, uh, 12 hour shift work and um, that was really hard on me Um, but um, it was a stepping stone and the next position I got after a couple years was networking um, with the computers again talking to all the dealers and how they use programs and giving them advice about their computers and rebooting and networking problems. Um, and I worked there for probably two years and then I got into the actual coding and programming that I really wanted to get into so I worked um, about four years doing that and uh, yeah I really liked Ford it was uh, a great place to work with Um, but um, wanted to have a family and couldn't afford a house in Oakville so I handed in my resignation after that and how did you feel about the environment when you were 21, 22 years old going into the field of basically manufacturing? Um, so how did you feel about the environment or was there even an environment that you could 
put words into. It was a great place to work for, but it was mostly male dominating. I must admit, um, like for my first job, it was mostly males. I think it was only two or three of us girls. And the next position was similar. And then um, computer programming, there was dominating of male and especially managers. Right. Very male for sure. And do you think it was just that time of year or that time that women don't didn't really have jobs or they didn't want to be in the field? Or do you mainly just think it was the industry that you were in that there wasn't as many females? No, I think it's that time. A um, lot of women like would want to stay home with their family. And right. um, I think that's how it works. Um, not that they shun out women, but it just my looking back that's what I've knowledge like to see what was happening in the field they just didn't want to be in the field they just would rather be home yeah I think mm -hmm. so yeah well tell me about your first boss whether whether it was at the insurance company which maybe it's family so maybe you can't comment on that but um, tell me about your first boss uh, and your experience with it and whether they were male or female um, well, my very first job was when I was 15 years old working at a drugstore. Um, the owner was a male, um, and I hope he's not listening, but uh, he was very intimidating. And um, But my older sister worked there, so I got an in that I was able to work there when I was of age, and uh, it did it served me well because I could work on weekends and still do my sports and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, it, it, he was fine. He just had to tolerate him. Yeah, for sure. Some people just have different personalities. Um, is there a job that you had in the past that you really didn't enjoy? Um, I liked everything, but uh, which I didn't really prefer is the 12 hour work shifts, like right. working nights. The schedule. That was really difficult on me, but um, I knew that I had to put in the time, like. To move up in the company so you do what you have to do right yeah absolutely do you feel that there is a difference in the workplace environment from when you started working at the age of 15 to now um definitely well smoking <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> when we were i was coding and stuff people in the next portable would um or the next cubby hole would be smoking it was just so terrible and you didn't smoke. Um, no, I did not smoke, and uh, it was very hard to concentrate. I'm just so glad that um, that's not the way it is anymore. Oh, for sure. Um, is there anything else that you feel is truly impacting, or there's a difference? Um, I think back then it was mostly male managers, and I think I, um, after Ford, I did go on to um, work at uh, Radio Shack head office in Barrie, was called Intertan at the time and I got into programming there for about seven eight years and they were two female managers there and uh, it was such a different experience um, when I wanted to finally stay home um, with the kids they encouraged me on working from home um, you know part-time doing that way just they kept telling me don't quit just keep this part intact and um, you can work from home if you need to uh, and I still found it difficult because I was um, my 
husband, your dad at the time, um, worked very long hours. So I just found it very overwhelming to work, come home, and then look after the kids all by myself. So I had to give it up. Mm -hmm. And did you feel that there was a massive difference between even then and now between male and female management styles? Or do you think it was just um, the difference in your experiences or the industry? Did you even feel that there was a massive difference between male or female? Well, I think there was a difference for sure. The female, like if you had to call in sick, they understood because you didn't call in sick because you were sick. You called in sick because your kid was sick. Right. They tend to understand a little bit more, I believe. Now, maybe it was just the generation. Everybody got more, you know. Understanding. Understanding. You know, the laws changed with when you had a baby. It wasn't just four months that you got off or... It, now it's a year or more so yeah, absolutely. it's changed totally and they understand that family's important yeah absolutely and even nowadays there's a lot of males that I know that go on parental leave and stuff mm-hmm. like that so there's definitely a huge impact in what I see but it's it's super interesting to see the different um, the change in the male dominating the workforce to it almost being even at this point yes um, which is super interesting What is something that you hope that changes regarding workplace dynamic or maybe you think it's going well the way it is? Well, um, now I'm, I'm, I've got a challenge on my hand as of today. Um, I'm an office manager at a real estate office now. I've changed careers and enjoying it quite well. I'm hiring a part-time receptionist and I'm going through the process and I find that this generation, I, you know, set up interviews and they don't show up. Yeah. It's so frustrating. It seems like they just don't care. They just, I don't know. It's yeah, it's a, I, I think I've said it on this podcast before, but it's a, it's an employee dominant workforce at the moment. Mm-hmm. And the employees do have the upper hand because they're getting a lot of job offers and as of right now, if you don't, if you're not up by 50 cents, then you're not going to get that position filled. So um, you're not the only one that's feeling that impact. I mean, even I, when I'm recruiting for some positions, it is challenging. You do got to have the benefits of the company that you work for and voice it because they are going to go on to the next best. And it's really hard to fill receptionist positions Mm -hmm. nowadays Mm -hmm. because no one wants to do those jobs anymore. They think it's boring and they don't think it's fulfilling in their career growth. Um, And there's a lot of technology that can take away that position entirely, but you're not the only one that's feeling that frustration for sure. So you feel that something that you hope changes is being able to get back on top of the company being more dominant in the workforce? Um, No, I just, the generation, I just think they don't care. Um, They don't want to, I find, they don't want to work hard. They just want everything falling in their lap. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's very frustrating. Um, But I guess it is what it is. And yeah, I totally agree. I think I talked again about this in my previous podcast about 
um, a lot of the people, the generation that's coming out of the workforce right now, which is technically your generation, and they're complaining a lot about millennials, mm-hmm. which is technically what you're doing right now. I myself am a millennial, so um, totally understand that. But a lot of people are judging the millennials. And I talked about it, and I, I said in my podcast one day, being like, who raised the millennials? Who gave them this entitlement? Mm-hmm. Who made them feel like they so are on top of the world? Kind of. <laughs> if you think about it, who... And, I mean, a lot of the things that you're saying, it is because of the way people were brought up. They always had an iPhone in their hands. They always had a computer in their hands, so they never really felt the need to know what what the difference of not having something is. So when they come out of the workforce, they think that they just get to get what their dad has right away or their mom has right away instead of working for it. Um, I really do think it was the entitlement that the generation before us gave um, us as parents. And maybe I am a little bit different because you didn't do that with me. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people do ask me like, you're not the same as your generation. And it's simply just because of the way I was brought up. So I really do that think that's what the impact is. But it's a completely different perspective of the way it's looking. Yeah. Um, looking back, is there anything you would say to your younger self to give yourself some advice? I would say really work hard at school. Uh, take your classes, take your courses that really you enjoy. Um, try to get into a field that you um, love and um, work hard at it and you will succeed, that's for sure. I might have maybe taken teacher's college instead because I really enjoy even teaching adults things on computers and and stuff like that. So yeah, you just gotta, you know, keep an open mind. Yeah, absolutely. My next one is, what is a skill you feel is important to the new generations coming into the workforce right now? A skill? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, um, just trades are huge. We're yeah. really looking for lots of people to do all that work. I know even my boyfriend's having a hard time getting guys to, to do carpentry. Um, mm-hmm. It's very challenging they get paid good money I just don't understand maybe it's the hard work again that they just don't want to do they just want to be in an office yeah be in an office so it's very challenging yeah absolutely um and obviously social media and technology is a massive impact but I think a skill set that the new generation could come into the workforce with is knowing how to control it and not letting it consume you um, a lot of the times it's very powerful tool and a lot the new generation coming into the workforce has the upper hand because they know it like the back of their hand you want them to spread awareness by your budget is zero dollars they're gonna find a way to get that impact of 5,000 plus impressions mm-hmm. with that zero dollar budget on social media but then the opposite hand is being able to control it so that when you go home, you do get that break and you're able to actually live your life without just being in front of a screen. Yeah. Okay, Mama, I think that's all the questions I have for you. Okay. Not that hard. No. <laughs> you made it easy. Yeah, exactly. 
Okay, guys, well, I am going to add on to this podcast a little bit of a question time. So the question I received was, how do you stay motivated at home? Not necessarily at work, but how do you stay motivated on the weekends or at nights or if you have a side hustle that maybe isn't your nine to five or just in general, how do you get up and want to go to the gym on a Sunday morning? (laughs) And I really had to think about this for a little bit and ask myself in my situation, what would I want in order to make myself feel a little bit more motivated? And honestly, I thought about it and the answers just seemed quite simple. And this isn't going to be the same for everyone, but the answer is just do it. There is no waiting for the right time and there never is really going to be a right time when you're changing something in your life or adapting to a different change or starting a different career path or maybe starting that side hustle that you really want to start for a long time now. It's just do it. And the second part to that is surround yourself with people that are going to influence you positively and share your ideas to strengthen what you feel. So if you're going to be around people that are going to maybe be a little bit of a Debbie Downer or not believe in what you're doing and be the crowd that is cheering you behind, so your friends, your family, maybe your spouse, the people that you surround yourself with in your inner circle, if they're not going to make you be a better version of yourself, then there really is no time for them. And what I mean by that, and it might be a little bit harsh, but in reality, don't waste your time on people that are going to bring you down because they're only going to succeed in bringing you down. If you are surrounding yourself with people that are uplifting you and bringing you further within your career goals or personal goals or just being a better version of yourself, then absolutely they are the team that you're going to want to be within your inner circle. And they are going to motivate you to do better in life. If you surround yourself with better people, you are going to be more towards that footstep. It's the same way for like a childhood kid. If they surround themselves with people that are doing bad things or maybe getting in trouble with the law, most likely they are going to get down that path. And it's the same way for simple things in life like going to the gym or eating properly. If you surround yourself with people that are not eating properly, then you're more likely to eat the same way and have very similar habits as them. Or maybe not go to the gym because they're not going to the gym. So again, surround yourself with people that have the same thought process as you, potentially the same goals or at least similar mindset to be a little bit more positive. And I totally get making a decision like this is not simple. Cutting your... Cutting someone out of your life or even think about cutting someone out of your life specifically because they're negative towards you is not an easy process. And I'm not saying to do that. I'm just saying when you are involving someone in your goals, you do want to stick to that positive mindset. So it's a very hard decision to make. Even for myself, if I had a friend that made me very upset, which I have in the past, we've all been there. We've all had a friend that just maybe didn't actually support them. And you always feel better when they're not in your life anymore or maybe not or maybe not really affecting your life negatively anymore. And without them, you're thinking more positively. So it's a huge decision. But at the end of the day, the people that you surround yourself with are ultimately going to make you either a better person or just drag you down in life. 
Okay, guys. Well, I think that wraps up this episode. I want to thank everyone for your time. And I wanted to remind you that I do post every Wednesday. So make sure that you subscribe so that you get the notifications every time that I have a new episode coming up. And if you wanted to follow me on my Instagram, it is leader in red podcast. You can always DM me there if you have any questions that you would like me to add in the next upcoming podcasts. Whenever you're listening to this podcast, please do me a favor, screenshot the episode that you're listening to, put it in your story and tag me and I will be sure to share it in my stories as well. And again, I want to thank you guys so much for the support and listening to this podcast and I'll catch you in the next one.